Y'all, thank you so much for letting me be here with you this morning. If I'm being honest, I'm a little afraid, which is, you know, apropos that this morning I'm preaching on fear. But I'm used to speaking to a bunch of students, so y'all are kind of scary. So don't, don't be giving me mean faces. Smile at me. I mean, if you really want me to make, you know, myself feel at home, glance at your phone about five dozen times because that's what they do. So it's okay. So uh, we're going to get through this this morning. Look, I cannot be a student pastor, however without bringing up some students. So this morning, while I've got a couple of kids that are going to come up here on stage with me, y'all come on, make your way. We're talking about fear today. Man, if we all haven't dealt with that in some way, shape, or form in our lives, right? So doing my research this week, I, of course, looked up some definitions, looked up a few different things about fear. And so one of the definitions I found I really liked. It says, fear is programmed into our nervous system and works like an instinct. From the time we're infants, we are equipped with the survival instincts necessary to respond with fear when we sense danger or feel unsafe. Fear helps protect us. It makes us alert to danger and prepares us to deal with it. So that's what we're talking about this morning. But I thought, let me bring up a few of my students. So I've got three here. Two belong to me. Well, they, I mean, I really, I claim all of them, but this is Christopher. Wave, wave Christopher. This is Christopher. This is Dean and Destiny. Are y'all spread out some? Let me show you how you do this. Okay, there we go. All right, so they're going to tell us a little bit about things they've been afraid of. So the first question I'm going to ask them is, what were they most afraid of when they were little? All right, Christopher, what were you most afraid of when you were but a young little man? Sleeping in the dark. Say it again. Sleeping in the dark. Ah, yes, the dark, sleeping in the dark. Okay, Dean, what were you most afraid of when you were young? The basement. The basement. That's real, y'all. That's real fear. Destiny. I don't know if I'm ready for this. What were you most afraid of when you were young? Falling down the stairs at night because it was so dark. Okay, okay, so these are legitimate fears. Would you guys agree? They're legitimate fears. The dark, the basement, falling down the stairs, okay? So, you know, when we're younger, we have these sort of, I would say, simple fears, right? They're fears of things that maybe just the bump in the night, the boogeyman. But as we get older, sometimes our fears change. So I'm just wondering if you guys are still sitting in that same place or have your fears changed. What are you most afraid of now, Christopher, at the ripe old age of 12? Heights. Heights. Okay. Afraid of heights. Okay. Dean. Dean, my man. I love you. What are you most afraid of now? Butterflies. <laughs> He's not lying. He really is afraid of butterflies, and we all think it's hysterical. And so sometimes we'll scream, it's a butterfly, just to watch him run. It's fun. That's the kind of mother I am. Destiny, what are you most afraid of now? Being left out. Being left out. Ooh, ooh, that's good. Thanks, guys. Y'all can sit down now that I've thoroughly embarrassed you. Thank you so much. I feel like our job as mothers and fathers is to embarrass our children as often as possible. So now that that is out of the way. All right, so there are some very simple fears that we deal with, right? Heights, fear of the dark, butterflies. Okay, but then there are things that as we get older become vastly different, right? So the top 10 fears of most Americans are as follows, starting with number 10, ghost clowns in the dark, zombies, thank you, Walking Dead, 
strangers, flying, claustrophobia, blood or needles, drowning, bugs, snakes, and other animals, heights, and public speaking. So there you have it. Those are those top 10 fears of Americans. But if we're being very honest, those pale in comparison to the fear of failure, rejection, like Destiny said, being left out, loneliness, the things that we deal with that cannot be, you know, just uh, convinced away, like those irrational fears. We can convince ourselves it's okay. The butterfly's not going to get you, right? You know, it's okay. There's no boogeyman in the basement. But when it comes to rejection, fears of failure, fears I'm not good enough, how do you overcome that? We fear what we don't know. Fear is false evidence appearing real. I read that this morning and I was like, if that, I mean, this, this week, and I thought, if that ain't the truth. We do fear what we don't know. We fear what we don't understand. We fear what we can't control. Hello, anybody some control freaks up in here? Come on, be honest with yourself, right? Thank you, right? We want to be able to control the things that happen in our lives, and we get afraid when we can't. We fear what we can't explain. We fear what we're taught to fear. We fear what we can't change. The fears as we get older, they get exponentially bigger. Tate, y'all, I have a two-year-old. I'm sure many of y'all know that because he runs around here like he has no upbringing because, well, look at me. So anyways, um, Tate, about a year ago when he was first approaching his terrible twos, because I feel like we've been stuck there since he was nine months old. But anyways, so... Um, he was not afraid of anything. I mean, this child has no fear. He jumps off of things. He swallows pennies. I mean, he, you know, he, he does everything. But we found one thing he was afraid of. One of the boys has this very large action figure at home of this wrestler named Roman Reigns. And when he hit it, it goes, ha, 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 hi-ya. And it makes all of these other noises. And so we found that if you touched it and put it near Tate, he would scream and run, and then he would obey. And so I would be lying. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I did not use that fear to my advantage. And then one day he decided he wasn't afraid of that anymore, and so I lost the upper hand. But anyways, so we all have things that we struggle with that we're afraid of, and we start off with these silly, silly fears, and then they grow to these fears that just make sense because life is hard. And there are things that happen to us that cause and instill this fear in us that sometimes we can't control. And so that's what we're talking about today. How do you overcome the fears in your life that can cripple you? When I first came here to Compassion Church, I was just coming out of some of the darkest moments of my life, and I thought I was really on the uphill, right? I'm like, okay, I've got this. Me and Jesus, we're getting back to our in place, and I, I sit down with Jeff and Jackie at El Vallarta with my buddy Adam Touchstone, because Adam and I were brothers and sisters from different parents. But anyways, we, we are family, so we're, I'm sitting next to Adam, and if I didn't spill my whole guts to Jeff and Jackie, just hoping that they would be like, please leave. You know, we, we don't want any part of this girl because I'd been through so much, but I had no idea how much more I was going to have to go through because I'm learning quickly 
that the greatest thing that I have to overcome in overcoming fear in life is our past. So the first thing you're going to have to do to overcome fear in your life is to choose to deal with your past. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 5 say, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And that steadfastness fastness having its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generous, generously and to all without approach, and it will be given him. My, another version says that it will give you endurance. So James says, count it all joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of any kinds. My past had some trials. I don't know about yours, but my past had some trials, some struggles, some temptations, some obstacles. And those things that happened to me in my past instilled great fear in me about my future. I let my fear cripple me. Cripple me. We'll come back to that. I was so afraid of where I had been that I wouldn't let God show me where he wanted me to go. Fear does that. When we hold on to that past, it prevents us from moving forward. Nobody else is stopping you from moving forward. No one else is holding you back. It's your own self. It's your own fear that's keeping you from experiencing the goodness and the fullness of God and what he has next for you in your life. Romans 8.37 says that there is an overwhelming victory that is ours through Christ who loves us. You have the ability to reach out and have access to a victory that is yours. But we can't get to it because we're stuck back here with what we did who we were, what we said, where we went. And that past is holding you back. So when I first came to Compassion Church, I, like I said, went through the darkest times of my life. I get here, and if I didn't keep running into roadblocks, have you ever been there? You think, okay, I'm, I'm going the right way now, and then I fall back down. Okay, I'm going to get back up. I'm going to go back the right way again, and I, if I don't trip over my own feet. And I don't even have big feet. But I'm saying you can trip yourself up even when you're trying to do the right thing. And we trip ourselves up most often when we're refusing to deal with the things that have happened. So these two ladies up here walked me through something called Celebrate Recovery that changed my life. Because I learned how to deal with my past so God could show me my future. I had to learn to come to terms with what happened and experience the forgiveness of a loving father. Forgive myself so I could move to the next step. So if you're going to get over some fear in your life, we can't even move on until you make a decision today to deal with that past. And it may be an ugly monster. It may be bigger than Sully. It may be, be worse than that boogie monster, but you got to deal with it today to get you to that next step. And I'm sorry, but that's not all you have to do. 
right? That's just the first step. To overcome fear, the first step is to get through that past. All right, so if you got through the past, okay, so we're good now, right? Wrong. All right, because the next thing you got to do, because we all do this too, you're going to have to choose to stop isolating yourself. Because when you've dealt with your past, maybe you've dealt with it, but now we're in this spot where we're like, okay, that's over, but ain't nobody going to want me now. I am messed up. Right? I am loud. I, they, don't, they don't know what I've been through. God knows, and he's forgiven me, but if they find out, woo, I'm on my own, right? So we isolate ourselves. And if COVID world ain't taught us how to do that real well, some of y'all be saying, I'm sorry, I got a quarantine. You a liar. You ain't got a quarantine. You just don't want to go nowhere, right? You just want to stay at home. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Some of y'all may have actually had to quarantine. My apologies. But I'm just saying, it's real easy now, right, to isolate. We can easily isolate. How, hello? We can easily stay at home. Shoot, sometimes I want to, and then Tate finds me in the bath. I can't even go to the bathroom alone, y'all. It's hard. We can choose to isolate ourselves, but God's word is telling us that's not what we're supposed to do. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, he says, Do not neglect in meeting together as is the habit of some. He says, encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So when you're struggling with that fear, when you're trying your best to overcome it and you and God have come to terms with what's happened and you've received forgiveness, the next thing you got to do is you're going to have to get out of yourself, step out of your comfort zone and look for people that are going to love on you. And it's hard. We have trust issues that we develop along the way. And it may take you a few bad apples until you find that herd that you need, but it's worth it. If you're going to live a life free of fear, you're going to have to let go of the past. You're going to have to choose to stop isolating yourself. And we're going to move quickly to the next one because I'm going to sit on this next point for a hot little minute. The next thing you're going to have to do, are you all ready for this? Because it ain't going to be pretty. Is you're going to have to choose Are you ready? It's a choice to listen to God more than yourself. (sighs) Let's just sit here for a minute. Y'all, I love others, and I'm very encouraging to others. But man, if you could hear the things I say to myself. I can look at you and I can build you up all day long because I see the good, goodness of God in your life. Because I see how beautiful you are and how masterfully he's made you. But then when I look in the mirror, yeah, I've dealt with my past. Yeah, I'm working on it. But I still let that fear whisper in my ear. Fear is a liar. The devil is a liar. And I know fear is from the devil because of what God's word tells us. In First, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. If God didn't give you the spirit of fear, then who did? The devil. 
You better rebuke that in the name of Jesus because it did not come from your heavenly father who looks at you and sees the good in you, who looks at you and sees Christ in you, who looks at you and sees a purpose and a plan and a future, but you spend your whole time looking in that mirror telling him all the things that you're not, telling him all the ways that you've messed up, all the ways that you're not good enough, all the ways that you're unworthy, you're a failure. And I'm telling you right now, if you stay in that spot, you will live a life of fear for the rest of your life and you will cripple yourself. We effectively make ourselves spiritual quadriplegics, just laying there like, I can't do nothing. I'm I'm not good enough. And God is like, there's a field of faith where you could run in freedom. Going back to that verse, James, he says, count it all joy when you have faced trials of many kinds because it is the testing of your faith that develops endurance. Guess what? You can't run nothing if you've crippled yourself. And you're crippling yourself by the things that you're thinking about who you are. We may deal with our past and we may come to terms with the fact that we've messed up and we've asked for forgiveness and we may surround ourselves with people who love us. But if we don't change that inner dialogue, we're going to sit in fear for the rest of our lives and we're going to prevent God from being able to move us to the next stage that he has for us. We're going to stay down. We're going to stay there, lay in there, unable to move. Who wants a life like that? Who wants to lay there when God has goodness in mind for you, when he has steps he wants to give you, when he has a life he wants to give you that is fulfilled and free? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He has good things for you, for you to walk in or run. Jackie turned into a runner. I mean, right? He's got things for you to walk in, things for you to run in. He's got a a future that he has in mind for you, but you get stuck up here. Y'all, I have been stuck up here for days, weeks, and months at a time. Come on. I have listened to the lie on repeat. You want to know why? Because we just get comfortable. We get used to it. Because it's easier to lay there and listen to it than it is to get up and fight it. The fighting is not always fun. The fighting through the fear, the fighting through the ugly words, the fighting through the inner demons, it is not always fun. But what would you rather do? Lay there in it? Marinate in it? Or get up and walk in the goodness that God has for you? I could have made the choice years ago to lay in it. And if I'm honest, I did for a time. I've told my students, I have been honest with them. I've laid in it for so long that I thought it's just better off if I'm not here at all. That's what fear does to you. 
Fear cripples you so much that you can't even experience or imagine a life of anything. That is what the devil does to us. If we look back on the last several weeks of messages about these mind monsters, I truly think they all start with fear. Fear is what births anxiety. Fear is what births anger. Fear is what births failure. This mind monster right here is tearing us apart. And it's time for you to get up. It's time for you to let go. It's time for you to make some hard choices. One of my absolute favorite scriptures is what we're about to read in just a minute. And I've got some hard questions for you. I'm usually a lot more chipper than this. My apologies. But this word, fear, has been a place that I have lived. And I don't want you to be there. I don't want this monster to take your life. I will stand in the gap for you today, and I will tell you that you don't have to live in that fear anymore. Because you have a God who loves you, who died on a cross for you so that you would not have to experience not a single moment of the fear that is crippling you today. And I don't know what you're facing, and I am 100% sure it ain't butterflies. But I'm telling you that God has already conquered it. He has already overcome it. How dare we have the audacity to be afraid of anything when we stand in the presence of a mighty God who would destroy death in your name, who would tear down walls for you, who would break through barricades, who would destroy armies, who would send out his warriors for you. How dare you have the right to sit in this place today and say, I'm too afraid. Lay it down. You lay the fear down and you get yourself up. You have to choose every day to feed the faith and starve the fear. It is a choice. It doesn't just happen. I kind of thought it was going to just happen. I was a Southern Baptist preacher's daughter, spent time in ministry, been having children since I don't, I don't know, forever. And I thought it's just going to happen, right? My faith is just going to carry me through this. I'm just going to, it's just going to happen. It's going to take work. Just like everything else, it's going to take some effort. You're going to have to get up. You're going to have to get on your own two feet. You're going to have to seek after the Lord. Let's look at this right here. Mark chapter 4, this, this story, y'all. Oh, Lord Jesus. This story, um, let's just be real. The disciples were dumb as bricks. I mean dumb as bricks. Bless their hearts. Right? They weren't bright. But neither are we, so... 
it be what it be. So anyway, so they're on the boat, okay? They've just been hanging out with Jesus. They have seen him heal people. They've seen him preaching. They're on the boat, and this storm comes in. Can we just talk about something for a second? Hold on, I had a little snot trying to draw my nose. I didn't want it to get on the microphone and then pass it to somebody else, and they have to quarantine, you know. Um, I'm just joking. I don't have to quarantine, Nate. They on the boat. The disciples, some of them were fishermen. You don't tell me they ain't never had no storm. You gonna tell me they ain't never been on a boat when a storm came in? They've been there, but they were still afraid. Why? Why? Look at this, Mark chapter four. Verses 35 through 41. This is right here. I'm just telling you right here. This, this verse we're about to read, I think, is one of the most comical and hysterical verses in all of the Gospels. So it says, On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling this is the part gets funny. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, he being Jesus. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Y'all, it is a windstorm. Y'all gonna tell me y'all fishermen and you ain't never had big waves break on your boat. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They some exaggerating crazy men, right? My children do that sometimes. Oh, Tate skinned his knee the other day. I mean, you'd have thought we needed to amputate it. You know, I mean, oh, woe is me. Come on. How many of you did that this week? How many of y'all looked at a situation in your week and you said, do you not care that I am perishing? And Jesus is like, I mean, the man was just trying to take a nap. I've been there at my house trying to take a nap, and one of my kids come to me. Mama, we ran out of ramen noodles. Well, oh, no. Will you survive another minute? Right? That's what's happening here. Jesus is sleeping, getting some rest. He's been crazy busy, healing people, preaching, spreading the word. Y'all know people followed him. So he's trying to catch him a little rest. A storm comes up, and they freak out. And if that is not what we do, every single day, you have to choose today to feed your faith and not the fear. Because Jesus looks at them. He wakes up. He rebukes the wind and says to the sea, what's he say? Peace, be still. That's it. And it calms right on down. What I'm saying to you today is you have a Savior in the boat with you. And he does care. And all he's asking you to do and needs you to do is listen to his word that says, peace, be still. Some awesome verses that I read this week. I think I skipped over one. I, my apologies there in the back. Psalm 46, verses 1 through 2 says, God is our refuge and strength. 
Read that again. Your refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. We will not fear. Did you hear that? We will not fear. God is my refuge and my strength. I will not fear. Say that with me. I will not fear. No matter what you are facing, what mountain is in front of you, what obstacle is before you, what past you have to overcome, I am telling you there is nothing too big for him. There is no storm too great. There's no wave too high. There's no windstorm too fast and furious. There's nothing too big for my God to stand up in your life and say, peace be still. There's nothing you can do. Oh, my God. If, did you not love Wilson Phillips up here this morning singing? Right? That song. Y'all heard see, Some of y'all got that right. That song, though. No height, no depth, no sin, no shame, no past, no pain. Come on. There is nothing, nothing that will separate you from the love of your Father. Absolute, no angels, no demons, no principalities, no things to come, no things from the past. I'm telling you, nothing. It doesn't matter what you did or who you did it with. It doesn't matter how many times you said it. It doesn't matter how many times you thought it. He is saying to you this morning, peace, be still. Listen to him. Do not let the moment pass where your father is looking into your life and he's saying, I love you. Do not fear. Get up from your place of addiction. Get up from your place of depression. Get up from your anxiety. Get up from your fear of failure. Get up from your isolation. Get up from your fear of rejection. Get up from your fear of the future. Get up from your control. You don't need to control it. You just need to be at peace. Get up. Stop laying in it. Yes, I'm going to be that person this morning that says, I love you, but get up. Don't stay there. I'm telling you, it's not worth it. Living a life of fear simply because you're too afraid to stand up on those two feet isn't a life at all. When Christ is looking at you and saying, I have offered you and given you freedom and a death on a cross, so that you could live a life at peace, so that you could live a life with purpose, a life with a plan and a future that you can't even imagine. Get up. Several weeks ago, our students, we had some ceramic plates, and on those ceramic plates, we wrote our hurts, our pains, things that have been done to us, things we've done to others. We wrote down the things that were keeping us 
from seeking after that right relationship with Christ. And I watched student after student take that ceramic plate and crash it onto the ground. I'm sorry, I scared you. We had to let it go. So what I'm saying to you this morning is, this mind monster is ugly, but it is a liar. It is time for you to let it go. Will you bow your heads with me? I know that there is someone in here that walked in this morning and they are a slave to fear. I know because I have been that person. So this morning, if that's you, I want you to examine your heart. Are you ready to put the past behind you? Are you ready to come to grips with what has happened, but to receive the forgiveness for what Christ has done? If that's you today, if you're ready to meet this man named Jesus, we invite you to just come on down. Lay it down. Let it go. If you're here today and you're just, you're ready to stop listening to that monster that lives inside your own head, today's the day. Today's the day to shut it up and listen to God instead. Your Father did not give you the spirit of fear, but of love and power and self-control. Every day we have to make a conscious decision, a conscious choice to choose the freedom of Christ over the fear that will cripple us. Father God, this morning, I know that I stand here before you as someone who has been broken. But thank you, Jesus, that you did not leave me there. God, I know that fear can ruin us. But God, you have come not to ruin, but to build up, to restore God, I am praying this morning that whatever we brought into this place, whatever fear is sitting on our back, whatever fear is crippling our thoughts, whatever fear is preventing us from getting back up on our feet, that God, we would leave it in this place this morning. It has no place in our lives. There is not room for fear and for Jesus. I want to walk in freedom. I want to walk in the truth of your word. I want to walk in restoration and salvation. I want to walk into my future. Father, I love you so much. I pray that you would give us the strength that it takes to be fearless. In your name we pray. Amen.